It's the So You Can Relate podcast with Joyce and Adefala. Hi guys, welcome back. Welcome back. Um, it's your girl Joyce. <laughs> did we do this at the beginning? We do it at the end now. Yeah, we do, innit? We just got into that, that yeah. motion of it. Motion. Ocean the motion. Mm. This week, what were you about to say? I was going to say fun fact about oceans because I had a fact. <laughs> We're such weirdos. <laughs> it's going to be a dork for a second. So today I watched this video on CNN about how they found a coral reef in the twilight zone, mm-hmm. which is, um, or oh, I think the twilight zone is basically around the most unexplored part of the ocean. Like it's extremely deep and it's not even the depth it's just really really deep or something like that yeah it's like in between like you know the back of the globe like <laughs> you know you you see the front <laughs> we're talking about the back like australia to america that back yeah not past africa so the twilight zone is like in the middle there like ocean for miles and miles mm. and i believe that's where three oceans collide unless that's from a different video i watched yesterday anyways coral reefs are really good for um marine organisms and for uh i think also to some degree for us as well but especially for um marine organisms and fish and like sea creatures that live in the sea it helps them to breathe in that so if there's a dead coral reef or if they continue to die which they have been because of climate change it really affects the wildlife in the sea so them finding this a coral reef in the twilight zone is quite amazing because the stretch is for about two miles Okay. And it's about 70 meters deep, whereas your average coral reef is about 25 meters deep. And the beautiful thing about this coral reef, <laughs> the beautiful thing about this coral reef, <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. guys. Skip to seven minutes. <laughs> I was thinking, they're going to love this. Let me educate them. Let me finish my sentence. Go on. The beautiful thing about this coral reef is that um, it's basically Im- it's immaculate. It has. <laughs> she guys can see Joyce's face. This sarcastic nod you're doing. Yeah. It's immaculate. It hasn't been affected by climate change. It's not uh, dead. So it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Nowadays, coral reefs stay dying because of climate change and all yeah. of that stuff. Mm. So there's loads of fish that are now dying because they need the reefs to survive. But to see one that is so big wow, wow, in the wow. twilight zone yeah. and is unaffected by climate change. <gasps> <laughs> That's groundbreaking. It inspires so much hope. Yeah. And because we know that so much of the ocean is unexplored anyway. <laughs> I'm going to wrap it up. Give me a sec. <laughs> no, do you know I'm laughing? Because this means so much to her. Like she's like, it's been untouched. It's the original. <laughs> no, it's, it's immaculate. I want to see how it looks to be fair. I'll send you the video. And they do predict that in the next twenty plus, uh, in the next twenty years, between seventy to ninety percent of the world's coral reefs are going to be non existent. Which oh, is Wow, that's crazy. That's twenty years. Like, that's basically yeah, nothing. Yeah. So to see something like that just kind of affirms the fact that we don't know what's out there in terms of the ocean. Yeah. But it also inspires hope because coral reefs dying is a big indicator of climate change. So to see a coral reef unaffected by that, it's just like, okay, maybe things are going to be all right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, the other day I was watching a, um, the David Attenborough like thing about wildlife. Mm-hmm. And he was basically, essentially, 
the documentary is basically saying that we're all in trouble like if we don't change <laughs> soon yeah and when it comes to things like that and they'll show uh, like how the earth will develop as the years go on i always think to myself like oh, that's a that is a shame you know that's so <laughs> bad as if like i'm not going to be around like, yeah, yeah. you know it's so crazy it's weird how people can be so disconnected from nature but affect our lives our daily lives so much so yeah. we should be bothered you know we should care yeah um yeah it's an interesting one <laughs> Thank you for entertaining my points. But yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. I like, I do like nature shows and like all of that stuff just to like know what's out there. But I'd rather leave it at that. What were you going to say before I start talking about oceans and coral reefs? I was going to just jump right into it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Today we want to talk a bit about friendship. Yes, yes. Because um, obviously it makes up a lot of our lives, like being friends and all of that. Mm. What in a person will make you want to be friends with them? Is it more of like um, convenience? Like we work together, let's be friends. We're at uni together, let's be friends. Or is it more like there's certain characteristics or um, is it? do you make friends usually through like mutual situations of mm. uh, we're both friends with so-and-so, so we became friends? Yeah, I think it's a bit of that. Like I do have quite a few friends that I just made mutually because, yeah, dare I say, a lot of my friends have friends that I have things in common with anyways. So it doesn't take much to also just start a conversation without being extremely uncomfortable because, you know, this person is so different from you. Yeah. But I also, if I'm trying to make a friend or if if I ever do try to make a friend, I definitely go off people's vibes. I love a good vibe, but like a vibe that matches mine. Someone can have good vibes, but for somebody else. Okay. But I can usually tell when it's like I could be your friend easily. Someone that's, I don't know, usually quite calm. They're usually quite reserved, but it's like, I just, just give me access to you. Do you ever, <laughs> let me unpick you and I'm going to know if I can be your friend. Do you friend. ever consciously be like in your head, yeah, I'm going to make you my friend. Like I'm going to make an effort for us to be friends or is it I, just natural? I've never actually said I'm going to make an effort. Okay. I'm more of a, I would like to be your friend, but I, I'm still quite shy and like established in that friendship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Even in school, like I never actually, I don't think I've ever gone out of my way to be someone's friend. I've just been blessed enough to be around them enough or to have good enough conversations for the yeah. to be a relationship there, you know? Got you. And I'm grateful for that too. And some of the closest friends I had in secondary school were just like the people that spoke more than I did. So I would just respond to them. <laughs> yeah. And then we became friends that way, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For me, I feel like the last time that I in was quite intentional about making friends was when I was at uni going to uni, so 2017. Yeah um i think yeah that's the last time that i can remember consciously being like okay i want to make friends obviously i'm in a new space i'm mm. living on campus all of that so for me i don't tend to get on with people that are too too quiet like if it's like drawing blood from a stone to get oh, to yeah, know you i will painful. just give up you know <laughs> like you could be the loveliest person like and there's people that come to mind now that i know they're really lovely people but we just couldn't become closer because they were too it, it was just too long of a process to get to know you essentially like yeah. I don't know why is that impatience I don't know what it is but I just feel like yeah I like people that I can click with so I normally get on with people or I would like to be friends with people who are um I really like authentic people like yeah, you can tell they're just being themselves they're not trying to be weird yeah um funny mm -hmm. I usually get on with funny people and intense people what do you mean by intense? Like just not in your face, but intense. Like when you're having a conversation, they're just like, oh, okay, yeah, like they're engaged. They're so engaged, yeah. and I, I normally most of my friends are really long-winded in their stories. Like mm -hmm. I don't know why I just tend to 
um, get close to people that just story tell for hours <laughs> and it was like it's starting to affect me because I'm like when is this story gonna end yeah. like I remember a memory I had actually with one of our mutual friends yeah <laughs> you know yeah like, <laughs> this girl can talk about herself till the cows come home to the point that we were basically all talking about secondary school yeah mm-hmm. and I think we we're talking about like our friendship stories the secondary school funnily enough and um, these two friends that go on and on both told their story and it came to my turn. Do you know what this girl was doing? What? Instead of focusing to hear my precious story, <laughs> she got a torch and was flashing it in her eye. That's how bored she was. And I said to her, you wicked, <laughs> wicked girl. <laughs> and in that moment, she realized how like switched off she was and how like she wasn't really listening <laughs> to, to my story. But I, I, yeah, I tend to get on people that, yeah, funny, lighthearted, but like, and also people that are, okay. So another thing I'll say is if I can tell that a person trusts me, we'll become much closer, quicker. Mm, that's you see what good. I mean? Yeah. Like if someone opens up to me and tells me like, and that's weird because some people feel like I shouldn't have to share something personal with you to be your friend. Like it should just, but for me, I tend to get on really well and will become much closer with someone who will, who's willing to be vulnerable and share mm-hmm things about okay don't tell me your deepest darkest secrets but like to just be to show me that you trust me i get on with people like that like a house on fire yeah i mean telling them your business is not like an imperative yeah it's doing it unprovoked that's like wow i didn't even like exactly. make you feel like you had to share your business yeah, to be yeah. my friend but here you are sharing it and oh, I, yeah. yeah i did have that experience recently like making friends with somebody who's so intentional and i was like so i'm trying to be like you like <laughs> She literally said, like, I wanted to get to know you outside of this group that we're all in. Okay. So wow. it was just the one-on-one. And I learned so much about her that day. And she learned so much about me. And I was like, yeah, I like you. I'm going <laughs> to keep you around. Like, it was so nice. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, from a different perspective. So if I share something with you that's quite personal, I could know you for maybe, I don't know, two or three years. And we can be in the same group. But I've never really, I've intentionally not really been that vulnerable with you because... Okay. I keep I want to keep myself to myself mm. but if I finally feel comfortable enough to uh share that with you I'd hope that you'd realize that's an indication that okay can we be like closer now can yeah we, yeah can exactly. we share our secrets now? <laughs> that kind of thing I know yeah. but yeah I tend I do I tend I think yeah I think to a certain degree I tend to reciprocate I'm not one to share extremely personal things about myself and like yeah mm-hmm. in general but i am like if if i feel like you trust me then i feel like i trust you do you know what i mean yeah, i'll like, mirror that kind yeah. of thing um but yeah i feel like what coming back to us and our friendship i feel like in first year we we were not close at all we just knew yeah. of each other because we had a lot of mutual friends yeah and when i first met you i'd put you in that category of taking too long to get to know <laughs> did you was I that closed off? Subconsciously. Oh, wow. Yeah, you... Yeah, were you closed off? Yeah. No, oh, yeah. I feel like you were closed off. Yeah. I because, first of all, we didn't spend that much time with each other to, like, even... Yeah, we did. For it to be blossom into a friendship anyway. And I think the time that we did spend with each other, it just... You just seemed like um, someone that had to be chipped away at mm. for a bit longer, and I was just impatient to <laughs> wait. And that, there were people available that were really open and unchipped. <laughs> so, you know what? I'm going to go with those ones. But I think what made what made it change for me was, um, obviously, we led TRF together. And um, not even when we were leading TRF, I think towards the end, mm-hmm. there was one day that we basically went through hell together. <laughs> and that day I said, this is my friend. That hell brought us together. That hell brought us together because I feel like... <laughs> 
I got to know you way more and you were really honest with your opinion on, on, on the situation. Yeah. And I like people that are honest and like authentic. And I was just like, Devlin's a real one. <laughs> She's a real one. She is a real one. Yeah. And I, since that day, I just made up in my mind that I like, I just genuinely wanted to be your friend. So yeah. I was like, I will be her friend. Yeah. Yeah. By force. I remember that day. And I think another day that solidified it for me as well was the day before our last um, TRF social. We were in our friend's room. Do you remember? He was packing to go. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. And we spent hours there. And we were like, this thing's going to be a mess. We were just wrapped in Oh, yeah. Up. We were so Do scared. Remember? We were so scared. I was like, yeah, I rate this honesty that she's coming with because sometimes like you can be friends with somebody and you can like them, but you know, there are just certain things you can't be too open about around yeah. them. Yeah. Or you don't trust, you're not sure if you can trust them yet. Yeah. You're not sure yeah. you can trust them. So to have someone voice the things that are in your head, it's like, okay, thank God. She thinks that too. Yeah. Now I can just be myself even more. Do you know what I really don't like? And I hope people get what I'm saying. So in first year, there was a situation that happened at my uni and it ended up in one <laughs> one girl basically telling off the rest of the group. Mm. Nothing had happened. It was just a little bit of a misunderstanding. So when that happened, obviously it was awkward. We all left the meeting and people were kind of talking about, oh my God, like what happened? Why was she so annoyed? This is that. Mm. And um, there was one girl in the group that was like, let's not talk about it. Like, you know, mm. it's just inappropriate. Mm. And ever since that day, I, I just found her completely weird. Like, I, I, <laughs> completely weird. <laughs> I just thought, don't pretend. Yeah. Like, this has happened to us. Like, you know, we want to talk about it. It's really weird what happened. So I think people like that, that pretend, like don't want to give their honest opinion. They're scared about what other people think about them giving their honest opinion. Mm. Basically being fake. Mm. I just don't tend to get close to such people because I'm yeah. just like, oh, okay, you're not really being real yeah but then someone else would say well maybe they just don't want to talk about it without the other person present type of thing yeah which is maybe fair enough but yeah yeah my 18 year old self i wasn't on that level of on that level. maturity you know i don't think i even know the story you're talking about i'm gonna ask you after for some details yeah that oh god i don't think but, i was there was i there no yeah. no you weren't there but well, you know everyone that was there it was just uh, and uh, anyway just, gosh <laughs> It was weird, yeah. And yeah. and the thing is, at uni, we didn't have no drama. Like, yeah. I didn't have any personal drama. Secondary school was just a whole other story. I feel like I had drama for a lifetime. <laughs> and thankfully, I won't go through that again. But yeah, it was just a little blip that happened. And I just remember thinking, yeah, I don't want to be around any form of um, any form of drama, really. Do you think you're, like, easy to become friends with? How do you think people... Because I feel like there's, there's the way you see yourself... Yeah. And then there's the way that people most people you. see you. Okay. Yeah. So I, I get a lot that like, I have a really like hard face. Mm. Yeah. I get that a lot. Like people tell me that I don't look. I'm so friendly guys. Please. You are. That's what but, I'm yeah. No, I think it's because. <laughs> no, I've got that a lot that like, if someone doesn't know me, they'll, they'll just be like, oh yeah, you just don't really seem so inviting. Really? Yeah. People have told me That's that. That's surprising. Yeah. But especially like if I'm not with someone I know. So if you meet me in an environment with my friends, I'm usually talking and smiling and stuff like that. So I think I look more approachable then. Mm -hmm. But if I'm by myself and I don't know anyone, I think they're referring to that Joyce. But yeah. yeah um, how do, do Am I easy to make friends with? Uh, it depends really on the setting. So I'm one of those bad people that when I already have my friends in a social setting... I'll just speak to them. I'm like, thank God there's someone here that I know. I don't even try to make friends I with anybody try, else. I don't try, yeah. Like, so, <laughs> sorry. I know. It's, isn't that bad though? We should stop. <laughs> it's bad. But part of me is because like, 
I still feel like I still have it ingrained in me that I'm an awkward person because I was such an awkward child. Even to this day, I still feel like such an awkward person. So I feel like if I was to break out of my friendship group to speak to someone that's on their own, I feel like I'd make them uncomfortable with my awkwardness. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to keep myself to myself. Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah, if I'm in a social setting, I'll just stick to the people I know really. Mm-hmm. If I can see someone's by themselves, I would like to like, you know, for them to join my social circle as well. Yeah. I would lo- love that, but... Yeah, I'm not one to like be like, oh, there's new people here. Let me just leave my friends and yeah. just get, which I think is actually a good uh, character trait to have. But mm-hmm. then at the same time, it's like, f- like, how many friends should you be making? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it depends on the person. Like, I don't think you should put a number on it because some people are literally social butterflies. Like, I remember this, I think one of my friends had a friend who had a birthday party last year. And I think she said there were like 60 people there. Like she booked at a restaurant and every what? person, yeah. Every person that she spoke to um, at the party had said that they spoke to that girl, the celebrant in the past week. <laughs> no, that's so scary. <laughs> 60 people. Bad people. No, you know, people like that scare me to my core. I have a friend like that who, okay, it wasn't not 60, but she has about, um, I would say about 25 to 30 really close friends. And what's so scary about her, she makes every single person feel like they're her best friend. Yeah. And people like that need to be questioned. <laughs> because she just has this way about her. I, I, I kind of want to be that person sometimes. I'm like, what's it like to be so... I think that's weird. So warm to everybody. Not that you shouldn't be warm to people, but that even like going into this whole thing of like, like knowing your place in people's lives... Mm. I think these type of individuals make everybody feel like their first place in their life. Yeah. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's just a talent. It is, yeah. I think it's just like a gift. I think some people are literally just gifted of being so welcoming. They can kind of be everything to everyone, but not in a bad way. Okay. What's that saying? There's a saying that goes along those lines, like everything to every man or something like that. Mm. But yeah, I think that's it's quite cool that you're able to make some people or everyone feel comfortable because if those people were in a room with you, they'd feel hopefully like less uneasy. But the weird thing is this person is quiet. Oh. They're not even... <laughs> okay. You would think that they're the life of the party. They're not. Okay, that makes... Okay, I mean... They and they're the type of person who is all who is always better one-on-one or in small... Do you have those type of friends that... They're just better one-on-one. Oh, yeah. I have loads of those friends. Yeah. Or they're just better with, like, maybe two of you and them. Yeah. And in a group set, I'm thinking of somebody so much in particular. Yeah. She's just better one-on-one. So yeah, yeah. She's like that, but then she's better one-on-one with many, many people. So it's mm. weird. I mean, yeah, I guess maybe that person that's quiet, like, some people have a gravity towards... <laughs> a gravity to them. <laughs> and, to yeah. be, and people, I guess, are a lot more drawn to them, you know? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes with the friendships I have... I think I didn't really seek this person out. Like I didn't make this friend intentionally, but we were just kind of drawn to each other. Yeah, exactly. I and think my closest friends, I never was intentional with being their friends. To yeah. Be fair. yeah. And I really like it when you have that friendship chemistry with somebody. Like we always talk about romantic chemistry and yeah, sometimes you have that romantic chemistry with somebody, even if you're not like dating or you're not even together, but people can even see no that's the worst when people can see that you guys have a chemistry like yeah oh lazen barazen yeah it's like so are we, are we are you meant to do something with that chemistry like no but i you... know people who that their chemistry is very dangerous oh, okay. to the point that like 
they could even be like in a relationship and things didn't work out. But if they see each other, if they're in the same room, you know what's going down. Like they, they just bounce off of each other. And that those type yeah. of people usually have the best love stories and usually hate each other to levels that are unspeakable <laughs> when they break up. Honestly, because they're just so intense. Yeah. So because the chemistry is so intense, the hatred is so intense too. It's intense. Yeah. Mm. That's why like, I'm so afraid of dating within social circles. Because if it goes wrong, it goes really wrong. Like, yeah. first of all, people feel like they have to pick sides because you're all within the same social circle. It's like, if I dated a guy in TRF, I'm <laughs> just a thought. <laughs> We're both avid members yeah. and then things go wrong and we all have the same friends. It's yeah. really awkward, you know? Extremely awkward. Oh, whereas like, if it, it's I'm dating someone outside of my social circle, we can just all hate him. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> but you got know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's the good thing about yeah. seeing someone that's outside of your friendship group or just outside of your life in general. Like say you just met them in such a random way, such a random place. Mm. At least there's no chance of you ever bumping heads again or like bumping into each other again. Yeah. I think I'm gonna stick to that from now on. <laughs> I know it's the best route, but it's then, the best route to take. You know, like when you're just like you meet you meet someone new and you're thinking, oh, it's so lovely. Like he knows all my friends already. It's just meant to be. And mm. you're like, oh gosh, no, it's messy. Yeah, it's very very messy. I've always found that thing of like we started off as friends really weird, mm. and I just don't understand it. I saw a TikTok a few days ago. You might have actually seen them like this. This Christian, I think I think they're Christian. Yeah, I think they're Christian. This Christian couple on TikTok, and sometimes they do pranks on each other and stuff. And they said they started dating when they were fourteen. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> they started dating when they were fourteen. We need to stop that <laughs> as a community. We need to stop that. <laughs> then, then uh, I think they obviously they went through their breakups and come back together. Blah blah blah. I think I know them. Yeah, um, what they called again? I don't remember. I don't know anyone's name on TikTok. I just literally just look at the videos and keep scrolling. Yeah, yeah. They so they were dating for a while, broke up, back together so many times, and then they finally got married when they were like twenty three, I think. Mm-hmm. And then a few years later, they both wanted to get a divorce. Okay. Like they were like, "No, nah, we, I'm not doing this anymore." And then God and their family helped them, you know, come back together. <laughs> Tyler <laughs> Perry movie right there. <laughs> give a Tyler Perry, and now they're just you know stronger than ever. Okay. That's beyond high school sweetheart. That's, I don't know, year nine sweetheart or something like that. That's that's serious. That's very, very serious. Do you know what? People do say that um, when all is said and done, it's like the friendship that keeps you in there. So hear me when I say you should be friends. But when I'm talking about like, I find the friendship thing weird. I'm talking about this is your bro. This is your sis. And now that's your babes. I find, I find that weird. Anyway. So what do you mean by bro and sis? Like you, you're so platonic that this is you literally view the person as your brother or sister, and then now tomorrow you're now saying that you want this to be your wife. It's weird to me. Yeah. Anyway, you're lying. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it is weird to me because I, 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 psychologically, I will put you in a completely different bracket, so I can't switch that now off. But do you know what? Because it's never happened to me before. Maybe if it did happen to me, I would, I would understand. But currently, right now, mm. I just don't understand that. I think it just takes for a line to be crossed. Okay. unintentionally sometimes. sometimes but then that, that means that there was always a level of attraction there yeah I'm not attracted to any of my male friends you know what it is I feel like a lot of the time it's it goes down to how the relationship started okay come on now hmm. 
Okay, those sick people that start, yeah, me, as this is my babes and now we want to be friends. Let me pick my words wisely. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> some, some, uh, obviously some, uh, let's just say male-female relationships begin as something that was meant to be romantic. Okay. As in, he literally moved to me and then I was like, no. Yeah. Or he moved to me and we tried and then it didn't work out. And then we're friends. And then we he's still in my private story, that kind of thing. Like we're still kind of. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's different. That's different. But that that romantic side of it has always been, it's always been kind of out there. It's always been in the air. And because that's the way it started, it can definitely circle that's back. That's why I can't be your friend. <laughs> Because when you're not but, telling me about your new babes, I'm going to be breathing heavy. I mean, I guess it depends on how deep it was. Okay, maybe that. Sometimes it depends on how deep it was. Sometimes it depends on how how much you guys explored together, if it was even reciprocated as well. Stuff like that too. It might, actually, what, what I can say is it might be different if, if for example, let's say that you... Um, you wanted to get to know me and I wasn't interested. And mm. then you were like, okay, let's just be friends. That's a bit different because I just never was attracted. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's awkward because I know that you were. <laughs> it's just a bit <laughs> awkward, isn't it? I'd rather not. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It's interesting. I feel like we definitely got different approaches on that. Um, you're, you're for it? I'm not. I'm not Let me tell you, it definitely does not mind a bit of confusion. <laughs> I tell you guys. Just know that. Oh, Joyce. That confusion has been... I'm the queen of clarity out here. I'm trying to be like, like I, I, I feel like, what is it about me? Like, why do I like confusion? The word confusion has been in my vocabulary so much. I feel like I just start praying against it because I always pray against confusion at my church or at my my home church. Okay. That was like the spirit of confusion. Confusion is bad in some circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Because we should be, we should have peace, clarity. Yeah. Vision. I feel like my confusion and my peace is very... It's very unique to each situation. Mm-hmm. It's not like a blanket. I think everybody is quite different in my life. Yeah. Um, and even like going back to the friendship thing as well, it's like you can you can say certain things to certain friends. You can bring up certain situations to certain friends. You can talk about your romantic life with certain friends and not others. Yeah. Because you know, it's not even like you need you just need like a sounding board or someone to be like your yes girl. But there are just some people whose approach to your romantic life is just. N- it's actually so, crazy when you think about so it. So unpleasant yeah. for you to hear that you don't even want to bring it up to them. Yeah. And one thing I try not to do with my friend, like when advising them with their romantic lives is like, you know, those people that uh, make the decision for you. Mm. I, j- I try not to do that. I just try to like listen to the facts and be like, okay, I get what you like, try to listen yeah. rather than be like, you need to leave him. Yeah. Okay. There's some people that are obviously crazy yeah, sometimes it's clear. <laughs> you know yeah. but yeah i try not to do that and yeah some friends are just very um and you gotta remember that like the advice you're getting from your friends is from a perspective of what they would do ideally yeah and yeah like even like it's weird because um me and Adafala love insecure and in some of the last episodes um i think it was molly saying it to isa i can't remember who said it but one of isa's friends basically said to her that the right decision is not always the best decision. Yeah, I literally, I loved it when she said that. And it, and, and like, I've never, oh, it's so true. Yeah, like, yeah. sometimes the heart wants, heart. <laughs> See what I mean, yeah. And it, it applies to like, sometimes the logical right decision is not the best decision to make. And mm-hmm. that applies to all areas of life. Like, 
it might not be logical to to leave your job that is 20 minutes away for another job that God is telling you to go to two hours away but it's the best decision for you and you don't know that the span of your life you don't know everything um and yeah sometimes when it comes to love you know (laughs) that's how it is and that's how it was with Issa like okay can we just talk about insecure a bit yeah we can if you haven't watched it by now that's actually your own business because that's your own business what's the date today it is the 23rd <laughs> January. Yeah. Like, only God knows what day it will be when this episode comes <laughs> But no, it will change for the better. Things are different now, guys. Team consistency. Period. Um, yeah, the episode. What do you think of the final episode about, about how the whole season tied up? So I actually really like it. I really liked it so much that I watched the whole se- No, I watched the whole of Insecure again. We finished... <laughs> you watched the whole of it and you finished it already i finished the season and then i went back to season one and you finished yeah <laughs> watched all five seasons you wow. need to watch it like that it's okay, okay. different I need to do that then. Yeah. like the timeline is so different because obviously we had it over the past five years or whatever yeah but actual storyline of insecure happens over the course of about until like the last time and it's a time jump over the course of about three two years two to three three years max okay maybe not even up to three years so it's actually a very tight uh timeline in comparison to what we actually received as as viewers yeah and i think when i watched it like that everything just felt so much more different and you saw their growth a lot more and this the final season just made a lot more sense like i was so frustrated watching her waste time with nathan for the whole of season. Um, um, Nothing will make me change my opinion on that wasted time. Yes. I mean, yeah, you maybe it would change a bit. Maybe it would. I just I just was never a fan of Nathan. I don't know. Yeah, I never liked yeah. him either. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I didn't like him. That's, but having seen that last season, I just, I wasn't as mad at it. Along you with, understood why she wanted to take more time. Yeah, I understood. Yeah. Even like with the whole episode they spent on her career, I was like, oh, this is long. But you don't realise how much of... um was a really important element of the show, like Issa's career. Okay. I mean, the first show of the whole season was her at work in front of these kids and they were laughing at her. Yeah. So it made sense for her to have a whole like career arc because it's not just about her love life, it's about her life with her friends, her romantic life, her relationship with Los Angeles and her job and just like mental health, I guess, as well. Do you know what part I found really funny? Yeah. Was when um in the final season when she's like, on, on an interview like in a talk show and mm-hmm. she was like wait Ooh, yeah why did she do that? things are gonna get <laughs> she's so funny you know funny though <laughs> it was so random <laughs> i literally had to pause and replay that like, three times because i was laughing so much i was oh. like Lisa, what are you doing but she's just she's she's so, she's so amazing as a character yeah, as she a really is. as a person in real life as well but i think you should watch it like that and i did really like the last episode because i i literally watched the whole five seasons in the space of a week i, I need just, to do that i got a week off i need yeah, to do that honestly, dude, i'll even send you the website i was using it's really good no pop-ups or anything anyways <laughs> it, was, it was so good and like just so perfectly executed i feel like season five is best watched in context of the other okay. four seasons yeah yeah because of the pandemic and like people just being impatient nowadays like it didn't feel like it hit like the way it should have but when you watch all five together it's nice. It's quite packaged. good. And I'm happy with the way I did with her and Lawrence. 
No, scene. of course it had to end like that. But I was I was happy with the way she ended with the mirror scene as well. At yeah, the end. I yeah, thought that was lovely. And there was obviously like no reflection anymore because she's not insecure. And then I saw it like as oh, in the practice. That. That's what I think it's about because this whole oh. time. And another thing is like I never understood why the show was called Insecure. Yeah, okay. Because to me it was like they don't seem to have insecurities. To me it was like she doesn't seem to complain about her body, right, or about you know how she looks insecurity always felt so like shallow to me mm. but Lawrence was insecure in terms of his job and his abilities from season one. Oh yeah she was insecure in terms of her job and her in- and her insecurities in season one and in her relationship too mm-hmm. she wanted to leave him but she didn't have the strength to until she literally cheated and then he dumped her Molly was insecure about herself in terms of her relationships and stuff like that so and then by the end season they've literally got all of those things sorted out yeah everything is fine every time she looked in the mirror to make a decision she'd have her little mirror bars and like talking back her hand yeah. and have like a call back and forth but in the end when she finally made her decision to stay with Lawrence blah 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 there was no more reflection it, there was no more second guessing yeah you're so right so that's why I was like oh that's why it's called cool. they were actually very insecure just not in like very materialistic upfront ways yeah because why would you waste five seasons on her being insecure about the way she looks like I guess it's important but come on there's more to life than that right exactly yeah for me nothing will be um season four episode eight when her and lawrence have that dinner when I watched that again for the fifth time this time Do you around. Know what? Every time I just want to watch it, I just go and click on that episode. I've done that like five times. It's so good. It is such a good episode. Perfect. You know what oh. they give you what you want? When she's in the house and she's like to him, I don't want to go. She's <laughs> like, she knows she goes, oh, what's it called? Tonight made me happy. Oh. And then he goes, you make me happy. <laughs> yes. That I episode. was jumping for joy. And then episode nine, that montage at the beginning. Oh. When you're not sure whether, whether they're together. <laughs> no. Mm, they're the best. And the, and the last the last um, episode of the, oh yeah, of the series, when they get back together for the last time and he comes to her office space. Yeah. Oh, loved we had been scene. waiting for that. Yeah. I loved it. Even down to like the colours in the scene, like just the yeah. colour scheme. Then they played Distance by Yabba, which I'm now obsessed with. Oh my gosh. Yes. It was beautiful. I love that. I love that. But I will say, I feel like they rushed that part a bit more. I would have liked a bit more time on Issa and Lawrence getting back together. I yeah. think it was a bit rushed. I think there were episodes that we didn't need. Yeah. But um, yeah, it being a whole um episode, I just feel like was a bit long. But yeah, mm. apart from that. Maybe they also needed to give Lawrence a child because they wanted to show that he had matured or something. I'm not saying that all fathers are mature. But I, I will still not get over that pain. <laughs> Do you remember how everyone was feeling at the end of episode four? Like they had just got back together. Things were yeah. just looking up. Yeah. And then Candela was ringing the phone like never before. It felt personal. It really did. It really did. But um, you know what episode I really liked and I thought was such a good episode was the episode of um, I, th- I think it was the same episode where Lawrence's baby was born and basically Lawrence and Condola were having serious communication issues. Mm-hmm. I thought that episode was really good and I think a lot of parents, especially co- people that are co-parenting, should watch that episode Ooh. because it will literally open up their eyes. Like they were living two totally different lives. She was stressed out with this baby 24-7 yeah, yeah, with this dad that was like, keep me posted. 
and he was trying to be a good dad in his eyes but you know was exhausted tra- traveling from different cities I just I thought it was such a good episode and a yeah. real eye-opener I remember this one scene they had they had like um both of them on the screen at the same time like they split yeah, they split yeah. It, and then they both laid down because they were both exhausted and then she got up before him to look after the baby and then mm-hmm. he got up to like get on the flight or whatever and uh, yeah, it's true. Like everyone, like you just forget everyone has their lives. Everyone is just exactly. so busy. And that's why you don't want any extra drama such as a child that you didn't plan. Because oh. even the plan that I have for my life right now is all over the place. Talk less of throwing a whole human being into the mix I didn't plan for. Yeah. But that's what I write about the show. Like it is very realistic and sometimes things seem perfect until they're not. It's so realistic. It's painfully realistic. Yeah. Which I think is refreshing to watch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, I think it's just such a good show. And I think that they basically did what they had to do. And she always talks about how she wanted to end Insecure on its peak. Because after its peak, it's going to go down. And why would you do that? Yeah. So to end it at such a good time in the show and to just kind of leave the rest to imagination. I think that was a really good move to make as well. I think a lot of shows are, are taking a leaf out of that book and trying to end on a high. Same with This Is Us. I think that's their last season. Yeah, is it on now? Yeah, it's, it's on. Yeah, it's back now. Um, what other shows are? The, my favorite show ever is Peaky Blinders. Oh yeah, they're Peaky ending. Blinders. Um, yeah, so loads of shows. I think yeah, all this thing of having a Grey's Anatomy vibe. It's not for everyone mm. to be on season eighteen. I don't know what Bondage or Contract Meredith Grey, <laughs> what's her real name, Ellen Pompeo, is in, <laughs> but it's really holding her by the neck. They don't want to let this woman go. Really? She's she- this show started in two thousand and five. Is she enjoying it though? No. Do you see interviews of her talking about the show ending? Like she's in pain. She wants to be, she wanted to leave years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. No, that's a weird contract then. Well, oh. I don't know what's going on. It's horrible. And obviously the whole show is riding on her. So I think she feels a sense of, she doesn't want to mess up other people's careers and other people's money because other people's money is riding on the show. So, so there's no end in sight they were supposed to end i think season 17 but they got renewed for another season so i don't know what's good i don't know what they i don't know what they what it is really uh, one show i've been loving since lockdown last year was queer eye do you know queer eye never heard of it so i think it's it's i think it originally came out in the 90s and it was this whole idea of five gay men will go and give somebody a makeover basically mm-hmm. um from like a mental health perspective, a food perspective, a fashion perspective, a house perspective, and a self-care perspective as well. Okay. So they kind of remade it a few years ago and it's on Netflix. And they have five gay men that literally just travel around America and they just basically find someone that's been nominated. They call them their heroes. So for example, a few days ago, I watched an episode about this woman who has this barn with special needs animals for special needs children. Oh, I know. Wow. I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. This is so amazing. And she was talking about how they're able to kind of help each other. Like the animals help the children, the children help the animals. People like that work so hard and are so dedicated to what they do. They never look after themselves. And there are just so many areas in life that are falling down because they're so throwing themselves into this thing, you know? So um, yeah, they go into her life and they built her this massive, amazing barn for all the animals. And they gave her like a makeover and a haircut and they talked to her about how she needs to spend more time on herself and stuff like that too. Okay. And it's just really nice. I do love a makeover show. So I was watching that for the whole of lockdown. Did you ever watch these shows growing up like house makeovers? Yeah. Where they were just, oh, what was the show called? It had this guy, this white guy with like 
Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Black hair. Uh, um, extreme makeover home yes, edition. Yes, oh yes. Oh my gosh. The kids would be crying. The things they would do to those houses. I know though. It was, and they would do it in like two weeks or something yeah. crazy like that. Yeah. And they'd be like, move that bus. <laughs> <laughs> move that, that bus. But those families were really. Nah, the families were dramatic. They would be dramatic. falling. If they could fall on the floor, they would faint on the floor. But the things they'd go through. I would through, do that though. for that money. Yeah, I know. Definitely the price to get that is high. <laughs> the things yeah. those family like, literally like hurricanes, yeah, extreme medical bills, poverty, just literally the worst things you could think of. Yeah, and that's what they were out here for. It's because their houses were in extreme disrepair. I know, but the way that they used to decorate the houses were like, for example, if you're like ten and you wanted a Barbie theme, it was very permanent in that you couldn't really change it yeah. when you turned fourteen. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, they would do the absolute most. Did you ever lot. watch um, Pip My Ride? No, but I've heard of it. <laughs> it was kind of the same. It was on MTV. It was on MTV, but it was for cars instead. So say you're like, I don't know, you liked making music and that. They would pimp your ride, but they'd put like DJ decks, uh, DJ, what oh. they called, like decks in okay. your boot. And the, and the wheels of you, like the yeah. rims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, but where do I put my bags? <laughs> now there's decks in my okay, boot. Okay, yeah. So those stories are so funny because you tell them you like something and they literally just run with it. Ah, oh, they take it to the extreme. It's like you're not allowed to even change your mind about what you like doing anymore. You'd yeah. have to love this forever. Another show I liked on MTV was Sweet Sixteen. Oh my goodness. Sweet Sixteen. And I remember I used to be like, my mom, like, when I turn 16, she's like, no, we don't have time. We don't have... Yeah. She'll just kill my dream there and then. I'm, I'm like 13, hoping that by the time I turn to Sweet Sixteen, they can buy me a car or something. A car. Like, these people be rich. Like, you just yeah, buy yeah. a 16-year-old a car. Like, that's lovely. They're always rich, weren't they? I remember Tiana Taylor was on that. Okay. Yeah. What? When she was 16, that's how young. Yeah, oh. yeah. She's not even that old, is she? She's not. I think she, I think she must be 30, though. Right? Let me see. Yeah. And she came in in a, um, in like a Barbie box. Oh, that's She was so pretending cool. to be a Barbie. <laughs> She's 31. Is she? Hmm. Wow. I mean, 1990. Now we know that 31 is not old. I thank God that we finally have come to that conclusion. Yeah, I don't feel pressure anymore. I don't feel pressure. I mean, can you imagine when I was 17, I was scared of like being 25 or something. Definitely. But I'm going to be 25 next year. <laughs> Wait. Yes. No way. I'm 23. That's fine though. That is shaking me. It's, it's actually it's shaking me. <laughs> but Joyce is actually fine. Like what is, okay, what does that mean? Okay, the only thing it means as far as I'm concerned is you don't get those under 25 discounts anymore. But by God's grace, you'll have such a good job at that point that it won't even matter. So what's what's the loss? It's just like, I feel like 25 is just another thing altogether. Like what? Like you're an adult adult. Yeah, I do get that. More responsibility. I don't know. There's something about 25 that I just think is like whenever I whenever I hear someone's twenty five, I just remember, like, oh wow. Yeah, like for it's... me, it's a bit old. <laughs> old. Sorry to the twenty five year olds out there. <laughs> it is old. For me, twenty six sounds younger than twenty five. Really? I'm weird with the, like for me, like certain ages. For me, thirty seven sounds older than forty. Ninety nine sounds younger than a hundred. Sorry, older than a hundred. <laughs> Exactly. It's weird ages like that. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like an age that sounds old. 35 just sounds old. Yeah. It sounds older than 42. You know what it is as well? I feel like it's because... Only the real ones will get what I mean by that. I think after the age of... 
65, life looks bleak. It looks so yeah. bleak. No, you're just there thinking about when I meet my maker. <laughs> gee. Yeah, you get real spiritual after 65. Gee. Honestly, because what else do you have? No vitality left. I was looking at old people a few days ago and their skin is so sorry. <laughs> no, it's so Because you know, the process of aging is the process of dying, mm. you know? And you know what? It's mad because having an autoimmune disease since I was 11 years old, I've always had this battle in my mind of just, yeah, in my mind of why is my body doing this to me? Right. Especially with colitis, it's like they don't know why your immune system starts to attack healthy tissue. Mm. They know that it does that and they have their speculations as to why it could be, but there's no one plus one equals two. Right, right. So it's like, why is my body doing this to me? Or like the story I was telling you a few days ago when I had this <laughs> mad episode at work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, why is my body doing this to me? So let's just use the age of 65 onwards just for the sake of the conversation. Mm. It's like, because you're dying, because that's the one thing that's guaranteed is death. It's like, you know, from now on, my body is like clocking out, it's yeah. closing up shop. And I can't help but feel like at that point in my life, I will be so frustrated that I have to live with this closing down sale. Wow, 65 plus. <laughs> yeah, Do closing you know, down. Mm, <laughs> I, I, maybe because I have grandparents, that are um, my grandma's 78 and my granddad is 81. I kind of, and they are fit as fiddles. I kind of view like elderly life as, <laughs> I view it kind of, I don't view them as like such old people. So why do you view 25 as old then? It's old in a different way. Come on. <laughs> it's old. I'm not a child anymore. Like I'm coming out of this. Yeah. And to me, it's weird. Like I, I, I still can't get over the fact that I'm not a child. Oh yeah, me neither. You know what though? I think that nobody ever gets over that. I don't think anybody ever gets over that. I think you just never thought of it and it wasn't a conversation that you were ever part of because you've always been a child. Yeah. Because a lot of the time in therapy, they tell you to talk to your inner child. And that's when people start breaking down. (laughs) Yeah. Just, you know, the six year old Joyce, just speak to her. It's been a while (laughs) since you've spoken to her. How is she feeling? I'm sorry I can't do therapy sessions like that I'd be like I actually don't know (laughs) and and I I, I gotta go now I I just laugh like what is that it's important to heal your inner child I've seen people doing it in practical ways from um, wearing their hair (laughs) sorry let me to laugh (laughs) we were wearing the hair in pigtails because (laughs) you know you're going through it (laughs) because when they were at school their mum was always at work and never had time to do their hair and they felt neglected. And they'd see girls in school with cute hairstyles. Oh, wow. But they just had some ponytail that was sliding out of their slack hairband. So now as an adult, (laughs) it's everyday pigtails, everyday cute cute, colourful hairbands. But the weirdest things will affect people. I remember watching this episode on The Real and Lonnie on The Real, I think I've mentioned this before. She was talking about how her stepdad would come and bring her brother presents. And this is even her older brother. And he he didn't bring her present. Mm -hmm. And she started crying about that. And she's like in her 50s, I think. Yeah, exactly. Like I found that really bizarre. So this is the thing. I feel like because the inner child, even you saying that, oh, Oh. no, I don't want to. I think that's saying something. 
It's always you people that think you want to micromanage us. You want to psychoanalyze us. I feel like the avoidance of confronting the inner child and the reaction, an intense emotional reaction to an inner child is evidence of the fact that we are children. It's just our bodies that age. It's our bodies that give up on us. But you know, the reason why I'm frustrated that my body is dying or why my body is attacking me is because my soul is still alive. My yeah. mind is still alive. I'm still naive. I still rely on my mum to do things for me like a child. I'm still curious. I still get hurt by things. I'm basically a baby. There's just these expectations from society or whatever that mm. have given me the opportunity or given me the chance to kind of get through this world. But deep down, I'm still such a helpless child. And when you're in intense pain as well, and you start speaking like your voice is bare shaking, you can't even walk. Or like we were saying earlier, yeah. like you're giving birth to a child and it's, you're in your primal primal yeah. state. Yeah. A lot of us realize I'm actually just a child. So I don't think this whole feeling of, oh, I feel like a child is ever gonna go away. You just have to get over it. You just have to learn to live with it because you can't go back anyways. Yeah. yeah. So I think catering to that inner child and doing things that you always wanted to do when you were a child is the best way to not feel so detached from who you truly are Mm. inside you know it's weird the things you remember in your childhood because even with that Lonnie story I remember a Christmas where I went to visit um like basically my mum's in-laws and um I don't I think it was that they weren't I I think um I can't remember whether it was that they didn't know I was coming or anyway there was a bit of a mishap and they didn't buy me any presents Mm. and I got one present from my uncle and I remember feeling so sad about that yeah (laughs) Let it out. (laughs) (laughs) No, so it just goes to show how kids don't forget stuff. They don't. And it will be weird the things you talk about in conversation and you'll be like, oh my gosh, that happened to me. So Mm. I say this to say that please treat children really well. Yeah. Obviously, presents, like that's obviously um, someone would see that. You know what? Okay, it's... um, it's not a big deal. It's a, it's a, a bit immature, but it's not about the act. It's about how it made you feel Yeah, type of thing. And for a lot of people, that's a feeling of rejection. It's yeah, a feeling yeah. of you, you, you've being forgotten type of thing. Um, but yeah, you have to be really mindful with children and, and all of that. That's why like even when people buy presents, if they're siblings, you have to get something for everyone, that type yeah. of thing. You don't want to make someone feel singled out, you know? Yeah, and the worst part is like, you don't always realize the impact it has in your life until years down the line. Like you can remember feeling sad about it as a child, but it could still take a while before you start to draw links between that situation and how you're interacting with so many things in your life right now. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of scary when you draw those, what's the the word I was gonna use? Inferences. (laughs) Those inferences. Yeah. Sometimes I do question like, is that really the reason why I'm like this? Because of this specific childhood event or because of this thing that happened in the past? But I guess for that, there is no literal answer because it's all so like abstract and it's all life or whatever. But it is kind of crazy when you realize or when you think to yourself, I am this way because of this thing that happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes that leads to you blaming yourself for things that you shouldn't blame yourself for, or uh, taking on the responsibility for things that you never really had any business taking taking on, and just having to basically heal from all of that. Yeah, I feel like all that stuff belongs in in therapy, basically. But mate, we can't afford therapy. I mean, if you can, go ahead. <laughs> if you can afford it, lucky you. And and that's another thing. Like there needs to be something done about the people that need therapy the most cannot afford it. Please, something yeah. needs to be done about that. Like yeah. 
more time like if you can afford it you're in a pretty good place already to be able to afford that yeah you know you might have loads of things you need to work through as well but yeah it's definitely um something that people should should do mm. and christians christians should do therapy as well you know it's not every day um <laughs> counseling session with your pastor sometimes <laughs> seek a professional okay <laughs> yeah you're gonna leave that there today we don't want to shake the tables too much Ah uh, <laughs> oh, man one thing that i am not i don't think you have to do it but one thing i would really not want to do is like um couples counseling mm-hmm. before getting married i mean like and, and i know loads of people i think that's so too. important yeah i just there's just something like so many things in life <laughs> just make me cringe okay it's cringy i just yeah. think it's so corny like, i know it's good for you no it's so important because uh, there might be questions that you guys or topics you guys haven't talked about that they will bring up and that are really important like how are you going to manage your finances <laughs> sorry i think i'm just immature because that sounds so boring <laughs> so, i just want to have fun i, I don't want to do think though. about money <laughs> we're getting married hey we're gonna get it in hey no i just don't want to don't care i don't want to have a good time I, i'm like that as well like i i sometimes avoid serious conversations because it's like it's not fun let's not talk it's about not this fun, is it? it's not, it's not rad like I'm like I I've seen this couple on YouTube and they say they have a monthly review of like their relationship. <laughs> Sorry. When I hear things like that, that's why I'm like they're like, how have I done this month? How have I done nightmare. this month? They make it sound like a chore. We need to talk about our fa- so with stuff like that. There are positives to it in that there will never be lack of, there will never be miscommunication. It's rare. You're kind of removing that. Whereas the people that are like, I just want to have a good time. <laughs> they will definitely break up because you guys are not communicating. <laughs> but, no, but I think you could be like, I just want to have a good time and also be a good communicator. Yeah, you should have the best of both worlds. But please, premarital counseling is so important. Okay, if I ever find someone that wants to get married... I guess we'll talk about it at that point, but I think that's far off. I feel like you'll be like, we don't need to do this. We we got God. <laughs> He's not good, right? He's good enough, right? You know me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's definitely topics that I would have to, I don't know, try to not avoid. Like, for example, some people find it really difficult to show how much they make. Yeah. And how much you make, make not necessarily your job or your, all your streams of income. Some people find that difficult to talk about. Mm. Which would irritate me to lengths i can't explain because like well, don't you trust me i don't understand oh if they didn't want to share it with you yeah mm. i'm talking about like if you're about to get married type of situation i not mean necessarily before i feel like you have to no i don't even feel like you do have to have that conversation before you i remember a bk chat episode of this mad person that i'm not even gonna name and he's essentially said that you don't need to show your wife how much you earn Oh, really? She needs to show you. She she, she must show him oh, how much right. she earns because right, he's right. the head. Okay. Yeah. Right. But he dare not. He dare not show her. And you know what? I've realized a lot of like people that know me know that like, you know, I, he's just talking about struggling with God in the previous episode. We talk about that a lot. <laughs> Jesus help us. <laughs> anyway, um, one of my main things that I kind of struggled with was the views of the roles of the home and whatever. And I realized that a lot of the things that I was... um. I was exposed to were just 
toxic, negative, and ungodly ideals. Like, for example, yeah. someone, something like that. Someone will try to twist that and be like, yeah, head, like, this is how it should... But that's actually not godly. That's actually not what God had intended. Yeah. That's like a perversion of it. Mm. And a lot of these things that we're sometimes exposed to are perversions of godly principles. Mm-hmm. And that's what the enemy will do. He'll take something that's true and he will tweak it a little bit. And now it's become perverse and it's used for oppression mm-hmm. and to subjugate people to bad behaviors. And so this guy in his mind feels like he doesn't need to disclose how much he earns. Mm. May God be with him. Amen. Amen. <laughs> God bless. God bless. <laughs> God bless you. God bless Pray you. for you and thinking of you. Amen. Amen. But yeah, you know what? You've got to love those people too. And um, I think one of the things I've learned, I think I learned this whilst at uni, is um, learning to love people that disagree with you. Because mm. they might not necessarily be doing it from a vindictive place, just a place of confusion. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to take it on the route of everyone has their own opinion. No, clearly confusion. I mean, in a situation like this, that's definitely... And you know one thing, I think, a lot of people know that maybe their views are wrong, but they're just stubborn. Hmm. It's the the mark of like a a good person is the ability to change their mind. I rate people so much that you will have a conversation with them. I've actually had, I know someone like this and they're like, you know what? I actually changed my, you know what? I actually changed my mind. And a lot of people can't do that because of pride. They would rather be wrong and strong. Yeah. But it's good to be the kind of person that's like, yeah, I've never seen it that way. And I changed my mind. Not, I see what you mean. I see what you mean, but <laughs> you know those people in the conversation. I see what you. I see where you're coming from, but really they don't see where. I hear that. I hear that still, but like, I hear, I hear. <laughs> oh, you know those people. I don't like people that are so like like shut up. Uh, like I just don't even know what to use right now. Like shut up. You yeah. think you're so right, but you're so wrong. <laughs> they will but talk you your even, ear off. You won't even slow down no. to even consider <laughs> that what you think might not be the only right way to think. Who are you? Thank you. I really don't like stuff like that. It's like your voice has to be the loudest because it's right, apparently. I mean, according to you anyway. Yeah. Your opinion is right because it's coming from you. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh my goodness. It's a really bad way to be. It's like, where did you come from? And why do you think this is acceptable? And, it, and you have to wonder, anyway, let me not. <laughs> no, go there. <laughs> you have to wonder what environment you were brought up in. Oh. <laughs> that you're so <laughs> indulgent in your own opinions and ideas that you cannot comprehend <laughs> someone else having a different opinion and maybe that opinion having a value attached to it. <laughs> So many things go down to the way someone's raised it. It really does. And you have to wonder. You actually do have to wonder. And it's also about delivery. You might really be strong about what you believe. And maybe it's right. Or maybe it's not right. Whatever way it is. Mm. It's not even about that. It's about the fact that we're having a conversation. And your delivery is shocking. (laughs) Like to the point where they're literally talking over you. And that's why I hate being interrupted. (laughs) Because it just just shows a lack of willingness to learn. Like don't you care about yourself? As but, far- yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, yeah. <laughs> like, shut up. Let me finish what I'm saying. Because it's like, you'd think that what this person is saying is so wrong, so irrelevant, so far from anything that could teach you that you're not even going to give 
let them finish. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't care what you're about to say. I just know it's wrong. So yeah. I'm going to place what you have to say with what I have to say, which I know is right. Yeah. Interruption and, is horrible. And you know, with people like that, that are just wrong and strong, you just have to stop having, you just need to resort to having shallow conversations with them. Yeah. Like you need to, it sounds sad to say, but yeah, like it's not everyone that you need to be giving your, um, you're all in conversation to you. Yeah, and some yeah. people like they live for debates as well. Oh, <laughs> some some Christians. I love how we say some Christians like we're not Christians ourselves, but like some of them are like, geez, like every uh, what's the word? Oh, what's the word? They uh, every philosophical like debate or every theological debate about faith, they will get into the argument. And instead of just saying, I actually don't know, they would rather go down a rabbit hole <laughs> of madness <laughs> and things that they actually have no knowledge on just to argue and just to be wrong and strong. For the sake of it. <laughs> like sometimes you don't know the answer. Yeah. It's okay. I'm really, I'm really excited this year to tell people that I don't know. Oh, me too. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I just that's literally it. Like, I just don't know. Yeah. Let's leave it at that. But I feel like it, it, it's weird. In education, we've been socialised that the I don't know is not a good answer. It's not a good answer. But I guess when you do apply it to life, like, come on. I don't know. I literally just got here. <laughs> Still a baby girl. I'm a baby girl. What's something you're trying to do this year? Like, not res- New Year's resolutions wise, because I really haven't done <laughs> any of that. I just know. But is there anything that you're thinking to yourself, I want to do more of this this year? I want to read a book a month. Oh, that wow. is not a legal book. Yeah, okay. Um, What else do I want to do this year? This is the year of discipline. Mm-hmm. I want to be disciplined in all areas. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think of for now. I like that, discipline. I always, I always think to myself, like, discipline trumps motivation. Because even when you don't feel like it, which is not having the motivation... If you're disciplined, you'll do it anyways, even though you don't you might not have the energy, you might not be there mentally. And that's really helped me in situations sometimes. And I realise that you can't be happy without discipline. Mm. Some people think that like by me just chilling and watching shows and whatever, like not to say that anyway, I'm tired of not to say because please just understand me. Don't understand where I'm coming from. <laughs> um that y- y- your um you're going to be happy there but you'll really be happy when you have structure routine and discipline yeah yeah because then your downtime is really good and you're like i i feel like most people need structure Mm. to life to live a healthy life to be happy to live long all these type of things so really like you know you you just need it can't avoid it can't avoid it speaking of things we can't avoid can't avoid telling you guys our current faves (laughs) i love that segue (laughs) today's episode do you have another current fave? Current fave. Think you're gonna have to go first, babes. Oh, I wanted you to go first because I had no idea. <laughs> Let me see what I got. Okay, I've got a current fave. Um, so one of my good friends is a midwife, and she's called Trisha. Um, we met at uni and she's got a YouTube channel that I think people should check out. Yes. It would be great for people that want to get into midwifery, but also if you just want to learn more about midwifery or watch that uni vlogs and stuff like that, it's a good one to check out. And it's called Midwife Vlogs. 
vlogs is in capital letters midwife is just normal midwife so guys check that out we'll link it below midwife vlogs yeah i actually watched one of her vlogs as well and i was like oh her so babies and that yeah so cute. i've always wanted to be a midwife i just my brain doesn't go in that direction but in theory i'd love to be a midwife, you a midwife. <laughs> yeah uh my current fave is this company called stem uk on instagram is the stem underscore uk and they sell plants like um house plants like real house plants and they're really really affordable mm. and you can kind of like scale down in terms of like the size of the pot you're going to have it in which kind of affects the size of the plant itself and it's just a nice way to get your house full of plants especially for a low price and they have them in categories of unkillable so it's like <laughs> you cannot kill this. <laughs> that's what i need low maintenance yeah to higher maintenance too and they deliver it to your house and oh. on instagram ads because i found on instagram they have a discount code right oh. so 15 percent off nature in in capital letters hopefully it works by the time you listen to this episode lol. nature in nature in yes and if you want to buy a nice house plant which i'm planning to do more of maybe you should use stem uk to get a nice affordable plant <laughs> This podcast is sponsored by STEM UK. <laughs> sort of just like an advert. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, love that. Love that. Anyway, guys, um, it's been good talking to you as per usual. Mm-hmm. It's been your girl, Joyce. It's been me, your duffler. See ya. Bye.